Welcome everyone, I'm Lauren Hawkins. Thanks for tuning in with us to Spirituality Adventures. We are so glad you're here and we're very excited about the content we get to share with you through our blogs and podcasts. Spirituality Adventures is made possible by your support. One way you can support us is by liking, following, subscribing, or sharing any of these podcasts or blogs that you like. Another way you can support us is by going to our website, www.spiritualityadventures.com. There you can click the support tab and you can sign up for a monthly subscription or a one-time gift. We appreciate all your support. Now here's Fred. Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality. And this episode, we are so blessed to have Jeremy Klein and Riley Corbin with us today. Hello. Yes. Thank you guys for coming. Um, they are with a band called Faint Heart. And um, our friend Ben Went is actually the one that says, you got to do an interview with Faint Heart. And so I was like, well, tell me about them, you know? And so now I've been listening to Faint Heart for a while and I got Faint Heart running through my head. So it's always great to meet the guys who write the songs that you're listening to and that you start singing to and all that kind of stuff. So thanks for joining us. Um, why don't we get a little backstory first with you guys, like where you're from, where you grew up, and tell us about, you know, with the other guys in the band. Yeah. Because we got two of you here out of what, four? Yes, yes sir. Yeah. Okay. So give us a little backstory. You're growing up yours. Yeah. You should go first. Yeah, I'll go first. Got, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, uh, yeah, thanks for having us, Fred. Um, so yeah, it's just two of us. So I think we'll just speak for our experience, not the collective royal we of Faint Heart. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but um, so my name's Jeremy. I play bass, write a lot of the lyrics um, with Tanner, who's our vocalist. Um, we're actually both from South Central Kansas, so I'm from a very small town uh, outside of Wichita, and um, I actually grew up Catholic. Um, well, that's mostly true. So actually, um, started Methodist. My parents are actually in like an intrafaith marriage, so my mom's Methodist, my dad's Catholic. Um, kind of was like Methodist, and then made the did my whole confirmation, um, everything into Catholicism around my teenage years, like 13 or so. Um, yeah. And then just played in a lot of, um, local bands, you know, growing up, it was, I was definitely a, um, tooth and nail kid. Cause that's what the family Christian bookstores stocked. And that's like, you know, what I was allowed to get, um, you know, obviously no parental advisory, uh, stuff, you know, uh, my parents liked music. Mom, I think definitely maybe a little bit more so. Like we're a big Beach Boys family. Oh, and John Denver, definitely John mm -hmm. Denver. Um, yeah, but you know, just in the family Christian bookstore, it'd be like, um, you know, it's like, oh, you like Green Day? You'll love MXPX. <laughs> you know, the, the poster. There, there's that chart and it just lives like rent free in my mind. Which now uh, I'm like, they have, they should make a new one that goes the opposite way. Like you liked this band, you know. It would trend Ooh, well. That's trust good. Me. That's good meme content. Yeah. You know, big part about being a band now is like it's it's all about all about the memes. Yeah, the internet's you know? a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, I, I filmed that up before, but somebody do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. If I won't. Matt, feel free to join in. Our yeah. our uh, our uh, awesome videographers. We we saw the chariot well. sticker. So. We yeah. Long live. <laughs> I think uh, probably before this, John was on the podcast, and he's my neighbor, and oh, wow. I was a big so. Yeah, me, let, let, that's me, a good transition. Me growing yeah. up, I so I grew up in Denver and then also in Phoenix. Like when I was like ten, moved down to Phoenix and tell me about how big Phoenix is. Fifth largest city, I think. Right I'm going to speak like really like I feel like in the Midwest, like Phoenix just doesn't compute. Like really, I mean, I, I've never I've been in the airport, but like I don't think of it as a big city. I know it's huge. It's really spread out. Yeah. Well, and it's. It's one, been one of the fastest growing cities for like two, three decades straight. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it just, it did start as a small town. And I mean, when I used to go to Phoenix, when I was, a, you know, a long time yeah. ago, it was actually not a big town, but golly, it's just sprawl. sprawl and it's crazy because people yeah. are like, yeah, there used to be like citrus orchards all around this mm -hmm. area. And now it's completely developed. Like just spread all the way through but you fly in and everything's brown and then you see where the water sprinklers are <laughs> it's totally in the pools all the pools yeah and the pools everywhere but yeah so uh, i was in phoenix for a while and i think the context for faint heart in the band is that um we all met i went to school mm -hmm. in kansas in manhattan 
where I met all these guys who have kind of known each other in different circles, mostly from Wichita. Uh, Hunter, our drummer, grew up in a really small town. Like called, Western Kansas? Yeah, uh, so. Pretty Prairie. Which, for anyone which, who knows Is that, that the town? Pretty Prairie. Oh, yeah. wow. I don't even know that one. Oh, that's no, surprising. No, no, no. <laughs> no way. <laughs> they have a restaurant that yeah. his parents, uh, grandparents are involved in. Were they like ranchers or farmers or like I just... I don't know. No, this is curious. definitely a hunter question. Like, I always yeah, tell like, them the Prince of Pretty Prairie because we've been there a couple times and it's oh, always wow. like, everyone's like, Hunter. They're stoked. Yeah. I think their claim to fame is the restaurant is like um, Alfalfa, Alfalfa from, from Little Rascals oh, is wow. from Pretty Prairie also. It's Alfalfa than Hunter, really. Yeah. Do, they have, <laughs> do they have a bar? Yeah, his parents yeah. own you get that a, restaurant you get area. Play in the bar? Any? We've done that hey, before. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like not a bar. It's no, like a no. restaurant that has like... A counter. <laughs> Anyone who's been in a small town in Kansas knows that it's like you either have a Walmart, the restaurant in the next three cities. Oh, I would like, say you, yeah, like the, the Walmart is definitely not in your town. You, you may be like a Casey's. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. But there's like these congregate little towns like that. Yeah. But Hunter's was the restaurant town and his family is a part of that restaurant or was recently. I think it changed hands. But um, yeah, so we've played there before. I think there was a poster that was like Hunter Owens band Faint Heart is coming to play. So good. And it awesome. was just like Hunter's face and then our band. Stuff. Yeah, we don't matter. <laughs> but yeah, so Hunter's from a small town. I think he grew up uh, listening a lot of Beach Boys, too. And so we I think we all talk have a lot him. about Thriller. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But that's Hunter, me from Phoenix, the chariot uh, transition. So uh, this is a long chain. <laughs> it's hard to speak for other people that aren't here. But um, I, uh, being from Phoenix, there was like this, I don't know, coming of age for me almost when it came to music. Mm-hmm. Uh, being, I was involved in church music for a super long time. Um, and like you were saying, like growing up where it was like, these are the bands you can't listen to. This is like the kind of music that's good. Um, so tell safe. me like what kind of church music? Cause man, church music oh, can be totally. all saying, over Cause the I map. have a, uh, a Catholic, you know, mass. It's, right. There's just an organ or right. piano exactly. guitar. Like that, nothing I mean, else. It, what kind of church music? So for me, like grew up in like Baptist circles in Denver. And then my family wasn't really involved in church or anything. Uh, like I would say they were more like try to go when they could it wasn't as big of a deal but we get to phoenix and there's like a big mega church out there and my friend's like hey you should come with us and like we go there and that's kind of when i even started like being interested in playing music okay going to one of these like um just like non-denominational churches that were just playing like rock music where this is like hillsong united prime there you go where it was like all right big guitars like really trying to rock your face off kind of stuff and this church having like the money to do that and try to just basically replicate that for youth and children's services and being like that's really cool i want to do that there you go and being like i'm gonna go get lessons and learn how to play uh and then you know being raised in that kind of circles where all the musicians that were playing being like this is the music i'm listening to and being educated that way and i think we talked about like what your parents influences were for me it was like uh, my dad was really big into Southern rock and blues. So like I was raised on, there's like a buddy guy live album that I really remember a lot that I'm super big into from when I was a kid. Uh, love BB King. Uh, my dad got really big into Joe Bonamassa when he was coming up. Yeah. Really like Joe's him. Good. Yeah, he is good. Mm. Uh, and then like the Allman brothers, government mule, stuff right. like that. So that was like, you know, that's some good music. Guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, if, if we're talking Joe's, I also feel like your dad would really be into like Joe Satriani. Uh, kind or, of. He, I mean, we had the records. Like yeah. we have Satriani. My dad's and then, like Steve Vai. Jason, like, if you're watching this. They put a handle in this guitar. <laughs> well, no, so that's the funny thing. Jason's claim to fame is that oh, he. Oh, wait. Yes, I know this. He, okay. So he was a limo driver. This is my dad. And he was a limo driver and he drove set, uh, Steve Vai around for an entire week as his limo driver Whoa. when he was in Denver. And so my dad always talks about how just like he was such a cool guy um and for my dad i think he never really been exposed to a lot of you know differing faith people and steve i is a buddhist and was like Mm. he was really cool and like being exposed to him was interesting for him and 
he talks about the story where like they pulled up to they're passing a high school and someone knew it was Steve I somehow and like stopped what it. What a and nerd. Was, and it was like a no, it was a dad that stopped <laughs> yeah, him. What a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the dads of a student. He was like, Hey, my son loves you. Would you come like meet him at school? And so they Steve I's like, Yeah, Jason, do we have time? And my dad's like, Yeah, I guess. And so he's like, get in the car. And they go to this kid's school, get out and go meet the son. And I, I just was super memorable for my dad, but yeah, Steve I was definitely one of those in the house kind of things too. But yeah, my dad, music lover, if you like to pass it down. And then Nora Jones for my mom. Oh. There's uh, the Come Away yeah. With Me album. Yeah. I still listen to that. That's great. All the time. I love that album. Mm. Me too. Yeah, I I mean, I've a uh, Kansas City guy and, yeah. you know, the jazz scene. I, I yeah. love to go to the Blue Room. You can, you know, I've got jazz friends that are musicians and so they've kind of helped me understand the whole history of jazz in america and just man just love that stuff so i i have frequented in the blue room for years and, the, uh, uh, the but, last... but but Nora jones you know kind of she's got that interesting uh robbie Shinecar as her as her dad you know and just, yes just crazy yep. influences in her life she's she's an interesting gal so i think she's in out of new york though i think right I think so. Anyway, I, that sounds I right. wish I, I knew, yeah. and I feel like I should be a better fan to know that. The yeah. uh, I mean, like the last bar that we went to, like pre-pandemic, was actually a friend on tour, yep. and it's so funny to think about now. So this was like March 9th, twenty twenty, yeah. And our friend played Record Bar, so downtown Kansas okay. City, like three hundred fifty cap room, oversold. Yeah. So there's probably three hundred eighty people in there. Um, he plays, and we go down the street to the Green Lady Lounge. Oh yeah, I've been there. Had a drink. And Good then one. Everything. We were all just discussing about how we were like, like sharing cocktails and, and stuff. And yeah. he's like, "Man, I think some of these dates are getting canceled because of this." <laughs> but even being in like the, yeah. that, Kansas City is a jazz city, and sitting there, and I remember very there specifically, playing, yeah. yeah, there was a band playing, and then you know our friend looking over me like, "I think these guys are better than us playing down at the record <laughs> bar," and like there's just these cats that are playing in the middle of the week. And I was like, he's got some good musicians. They do. They really do. And I feel like yeah. I really want to know more about the jazz history and it's fun. The scene and it's like, really fun man. to learn. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much richness in Kansas City that I don't think people know about. Mm -hmm. It's a great town. It's it really nice. is. Yeah. That's why I stayed. Totally. <laughs> That's why I, I was thinking here. about after I went through what I went through, I was thinking about I need to get out of this town. But I thought, no, this is my town, man. So yeah, it's anyway. a good town. I mean, I picked it. Like I was yeah, like, it's like, I picked it too, and it's kind of one of those things too. You're like, my troubles are just gonna follow me. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like the setting yeah. might change. Can't but, run from you it. Know? Yeah, right. Might as well pick somewhere I think is cool. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So all all kind of uh, the other guys are Kansas guys, though. Yes. Both, yeah, both we're all kind of from the same area. Interesting. So how did you guys meet the four of you? Yeah. So we actually all met in Manhattan. Um, three, well, actually, me and Hunter. So the Manhattan, drummer, Kansas. Yeah, Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> not not yeah. cool enough to be like, uh, lower Manhattan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Hunter, our drummer, and I both went to K State, and then Tanner, our singer, and Riley went to Manhattan Christian College, and um, we actually played in a d different band, the three of us, and then that band kind of just dissolved, and we uh, we picked up Riley and that, and started a. Uh, Huh. Well, there's a little bit of a crossroads where we're like, uh, do we keep the name going? And it was just like, Riley was like, no, guys, stop being dumb. <laughs> Which is funny because Jeremy's telling the story. The story really goes. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to make myself look better here. <laughs> my perspective was like, they had been playing in a band for a while um, together. And I think they had a few member changes throughout it. And I think it was basically like your college band that yeah. you guys were going out and like fairly successful in the area playing more like some country adjacent for a minute and then yeah. moved into like just the emo it was a weird it was a really weird shift yeah into mm. more like rock-ish stuff and i think there was a point where you guys were playing some shows and like i'm a little bit younger than everybody else in the band and so they were kind of towards the end of their college time and i was just starting mine and they were like hey like i know you're a musician we have this gig coming up do you want to come play bass with us and i was like Growing up in the church scene and having played mostly stuff where I wasn't really allowed to play bar gigs at all because of what I was involved in, they were like, Yo. I didn't tell them when we like primarily obviously like play bars and like clubs and stuff. I was like, Hey man, can you come play bass for us? Actually, we're playing in Des Moines, so it'll and be maybe cool. I filled in and assumed yeah. some gaps that yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, this is what we're doing. I was like, Yeah, that sounds awesome. I really want to do that. And turns out it was like a worship conference. 
halfway through i'm like oh this not is only a worship, so fun not only a worship <laughs> conference it was an easter sunday where like four churches came together and had one giant easter service at the iowa state fairgrounds which i don't know i mean it doesn't matter how it happened but it was like they yeah. hired like this basically country band to play oh, worship i don't music know i don't know like how it happened I don't know it, it was all through Tanner. regardless <laughs> this whole thing happens we get back and then they're like hey we're gonna take some photos rather you want to be in them i'm like why and like, yeah, come on, like you should be in our band now. That's kind of how it happened. Yeah, we there made it go. official. And yeah, then I was like, we should go. change and move on and do different things. But so that's yeah, where a long story short, met in college, college bands, changing members, you know. Yeah. So did the other two guys grow up like in church backgrounds? Like we're. Um, uh, so Tanner, yeah, similar. So like, uh, I'm from like a small town and he's from, or like I'm from the smaller town and then he's from the small town outside mm-hmm. of, well, it's like basically a Wichita suburb. Mm-hmm. Uh, but same thing, like grew up big, bigger church, like playing guitar in church, yeah. you know? Yeah. So all of you grew up in homes where you, like your music was screened by your parents. Like you couldn't listen to certain things, that kind of stuff. I don't think Hunter was. Yeah, actually, I, but I've known Hunter for like, Hunter and I actually met at band camp in western okay. kansas okay when we were in junior high there you so go so i've known hunter for like a super long time but yeah i don't think his was but i think tanner's like similar thing with like you know it's yeah. like tooth and nail kids right yeah you know? i think it's just a common time is like censorship yeah and i think yeah certain when i think of yeah. like that whole like kind of 90s early 2000s like evangelical uh-huh. culture like i remember watching like left behind you know it was like a family oh, you watched things. that yeah. yeah, I wish yeah. I didn't, <laughs> you know, uh, the end times anxiety is real. So um, my sister was just talking about the, 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 the older version of the, the movie movies, that scared yeah. the hell out of the kids. Totally. Yeah. It was called Thief in the Night. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which if you watch it now, it's like as cheesy as can be. But my sister literally just brought that movie up last night to me. She was it like, terrifies oh. all yeah. kids. It's like, I, yeah. I, I was scared. I how was going to not? hell. I was, how I was, could you I, not? She knew she was out. She's going to hell, you know? So and, we and, made a joke too. It was just like, yeah. And then they made a kid's version. And then they're like, they're like idea, idea left behind for kids. Let's, <laughs> let's target them because let's double down on this. Like, and we dude, know, and it's like, them. like a, whatever we'll just get into it but it's like and not only hell but it's like eternal conscious torment you know which was the version of hell i grew up with you know i mean regardless i think as far as music and like being censored and having those different things i think it's interesting because each of us have just different taste yeah yeah Yeah. but each of us have different taste but i think that's also a one thing that kind of we all share some of those bands from that kind of censorship that were the okay ones to listen Reliant to. Reliant K, Switchfoot. Like, yeah, we say yeah. Reliant K, Switchfoot. Like, and I think it influences some of what we like in music, but also is like pushing against things that we enjoy and being like, okay, cool. Now we're going to listen to things that are like we weren't supposed to listen <laughs> to and like learn from it and bring it into what we play. So what, so. Did you, so what were some of the things you were listening to that you weren't supposed to listen to? Uh, I remember the first parental advisory CD I bought was um, was a boxcar racer, which oh, was like the Blink One Eighty Two like side project. But yeah, I mean Blink One Eighty Two was like a very formative band for me. But yeah, uh, I actually like had all the, my parental advisory CDs like in junior high there in like a box under my bed, like hiding it like it's like porn or something. Yeah, I was gonna you know? say, yeah. It's like, yeah, these it's are like my the dirty magazines. Yeah. This is my dirty CDs. Yeah. And it's like Blink-182 singing about... Blink-182. Yeah, it's like yeah, Blink yeah. singing about, like, wieners, you know? Like, you're just like... <laughs> I remember my mom, so my best friend, he he had bought the Fall Out Boy album. I don't even know which one it was. It was the, like, most popular I can one. tell. Yes, you know which one it was. <laughs> I didn't get to listen to it, so I don't know which one it is. Because yeah. he had it, and he was like, yeah, you should listen to this. My mom literally listened to the whole thing, and, like, I get it. Some of the lyrical content is, like, rough, and we were younger, She's like, nah, you can't listen to this. And I think that moment sticks out to me. And I don't like hold it over my parents' head at all. No, They're same. just trying to figure it out. Yeah. It's hard to know like what should kids be able to listen to and how do you expose them to things? But and even- I remember that moment. And then that's when it became like, yeah, I was telling you earlier, here's your iPod. Like, oh yeah. Fill it with, I remember getting in trouble for having an MP3 player. Well, so yeah, we had burn CDs too. Yeah. And right. then, so it's like, you can get around the parental advisory because you would just have a CDR that says- you know, whatever, Blink-182, and there's no parental advisory mm-hmm. label on it. But yeah, I guess 
I was even just thinking about that as you were saying it. It was just like, just think about the anxiety of parents though. Like if it's just like, yeah. you can't mess up your kid. So of course you're going to be like, I probably should make sure you're not listening to like something terrible for a, an 11 year old, you know? Yeah. Just so interesting. Like rap music maybe. Yeah, you know, okay. <laughs> but that's another thing. Yeah. As in, in my this is so funny. I don't feel like we've ever had this conversation formally <laughs> between us. The Eminem like, show. Bro, Hunter loves Eminem. I love Eminem. I, he's great. But that moment of like, yeah, rebelling for me was also expanding my music tastes. And remember in high school, it's like, yeah, I'm going to learn yeah. about rap and hip hop that I enjoy. And like, I feel like it ex just expounded my music tastes from there. I just interviewed a local Kansas City rapper. Oh, great. Ooh, which um, one? It was his name's King Kie. Okay. Okay. Um he's networked with with all the the rappers in Kansas City sure. has, has run good a, ones. run Back a hip hop like, by the strange crew and whatnot or? Yeah, I mean Matt could probably tell you the names of them more than I could, but yes. um and and uh he's run a hip hop club. But I, I met him at my my church years yeah. ago. Yeah. And he had a uh, straight out of Compton T-shirt on, and you know, and I, I went, hey, what'd you think about that movie? And I think he was surprised that I'd watched it the for one, one thing. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm this mega church, yeah. white mega church pastor. You know, and <laughs> yeah. he's, he's got his, you know, yeah. And uh, I said, well, because I, I thought that was a good movie. It's and really he thought, good. I, I asked him if he thought it was historically accurate. You sure, know? right. But yeah, so his music, he, he was. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh you should check it out though it's really I, good. No, I love that yeah I it's good stuff will but, I just uh, feel like there's he's very good and, and I I he actually did some rap for me at the church he actually sure. you know wrote some stuff that's and, awesome but his you know his stuff is uh definitely in that genre and I love uh, that yeah it's yeah. great uh, it's good stuff so well um so that's kind of fun though to think about all of that I you know it's funny because I I grew up, my parents didn't screen my music mm -hmm. and, and I got into prog rock. Okay. You know, like Kansas and yeah. Emerson Lake and Palmer and Yes and all these prog rock bands. That, those were all, my early all bands. Great bands. I, I still love, but then, and then I, and I was doing drugs and then I got saved. And then I started hearing youth pastors talk about um, how these bands were back masking their albums. Like Satanic you, panic, baby. If you play <laughs> them backwards, that like it had say yeah like subtle like messages that were going to corrupt you so i mean i was a teenager and like i thought oh crap you know i better get rid of them so i got rid of my whole album collection yeah which like several years later i went crap i wish i wouldn't have done that i want those albums back right yeah, yeah. and it's not cheap and and i really didn't when i when i started vineyard i i didn't put that into the culture of the church and mm -hmm. so our music guys we were always listening to everything yeah. and you know i don't know but anyway i mean I was, I, i'm sure some of my parents did it sure. to their kids but yeah like i was hanging out with musicians and we were always you know listening to everything i, I also just think so. there's just like the like just i mean like secular religious christian music whatever there's like there's, i just think there's spirituality and all like totally creativity and totally you know, I, I I say this often, but like I love um, Death Cab for Cutie. That's one of our <laughs> You're top like speaking influences. our uh, love language. <laughs> and to you know, I think I think the lead guy says he's an atheist. If I'm not if, if I'm not mistaken, I don't I'm know. not 100 percent sure. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to put that on him, but yeah, um, I think I've heard that. But I'm thinking, God, this guy's the right some of the most spiritual songs I've ever That's heard. So contemplative, too. it's incredible. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, like Soul Meets Body. And, yeah. All that stuff is just uh, anyway. I, I love their their stuff, but at any rate, it's uh, I I didn't put that in the culture, but but parents did. I mean, like, I remember when Harry Potter came out, and par parents oh, were parents yeah. were asking me that, that was a weird one. You know, they didn't want to let yeah. let their kids read Harry Potter, and I said, well, I was like, going just read it with them, and then just talk about it. Totally. You know, that's what we did. Because if, if you don't, they're going to read it anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How could gonna, you not? Who's not like, going to read Harry it was, Potter? It was, <laughs> it was culture. It was, it was huge. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's interesting that you even say it that way. Because like, I love that. Yeah. What a healthy way to approach anything. Just saying like, why don't you just experience it with them? And then you guys can talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like my experience was kind of different. It was just like, yeah, like, we, we just want to talk about it. And I was cool. But Well, it may have been because I didn't have kids either. You sure. know, So I wasn't freaking out about my own kids and yeah. what they might get corrupted by. And all no, that I thought stuff. it was super so. cool. Like, yeah, we actually read Harry Potter with my mom. 
Yeah, there you, you know. go. Yeah. John Williams. It's a great <laughs> composer right there. The through line for that for me is when I was in choir at high school, the guy that did all the conducting for the Harry Potter movies directed one of the conferences I went to and like taught us a bunch of stuff. And I was like, that was super cool. Wow. Through line. There you go. I was like, <laughs> I was really confused where that was going for a second. Wow. The, the guy who conducted for the movies got conducted it, a choir it, I was in once. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk. So you guys, um, have done three EPs, is that right? Yeah. And the first one was just self-titled, Faint Heart, and then the second one was called The Overview Effect, and the third one was Growing Pains. And so I kind of want to dive into to some of this, but one of the themes that I picked up on as I listened to all three of them was this sort of unraveling of, of things in life, and some of it could be the unraveling of your own self, some of it could be the unraveling of a relationship, and some of it seemed to even speak about the unraveling of faith. Is that accurate? You all think? the above. Yeah. <laughs> all of those things yeah. kind of seem to weave I think their way. What's, what's interesting is like, I guess I don't even think about it like linearly, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. it's like, I think what's really weird and interesting is, is it also sort of like a time capsule in a lot of ways of it's like, oh, like we put out like the first single and like, 2016 and then like the whole like self-titled thing in 2017 so it's just like been the past um four years now you know it's like we'll be been a band for five years now and it's just like these like little time capsules and these moments of like things that i was experiencing we were experiencing right you know um just at different markers in time and it's kind of interesting to i mean i'm proud of everything that we've put out so far you know there's not yeah anything i'm embarrassed of so yeah i think it's interesting because we as a band like are just pretty collaborative i think there's often that thing where it's like here's the like lead person and they're the the writer and the singer like they do most of that and then this is where the music's coming from and i think for for us we've worked in so many collaborative settings for so long that songwriting has been that in multiple facets like and a lot of songs coming from jeremy and a lot of songs coming from tanner and then a lot of songs being like these are both of us or like i've written a couple songs on there and being like these lyrics are coming mostly from our conversations and experiences and like working through them together. And I would say like our band is like our community of really close friends going through life together and then making music about it too. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So both of those things I, I want to, you know, dive into a little bit. Yeah, One is the, the collaborative pro the creativity. So part of my motivation in doing the bands is the, is the idea of creativity and spirituality. Yeah. And then the other one is this whole idea of, of, uh, mental health. Mm. And, um, you know, to me, mental health is a journey of spirituality as well. So, and so is creativity. I mean, just, right. just, that's it's all interconnected, right? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so let's talk a little bit about your collaborative process, that creative process, how that works for you guys, because I think it is a bit unique, um, the way you guys have gone about your albums, right? Yeah. Even pre-pandemic, the way you did your albums. It's kind of cool, because I feel like it's really happening now. I feel like a lot of bands that are forming are doing something, but we've never all lived in the same city. Um, And um, we've actually done it all remotely since 2016 so yes. i mean there's been times like um there's a time you know uh, the majority of us were all in manhattan but now it's just it's riley and i in um kansas city our drummer hunter in chicago and then um tanner our guitarist and singers and still in manhattan mm-hmm. um and so what, what do you play i play bass and then i play like guitar okay and um yeah it's been it's been collaborative the entire time and it's been interesting you know and just like the way even like technologies evolved even just like a little bit you know but like we can all basically demo pretty well like in i i'm in my apartment you know Mm -hmm. uh like tracking bass and stuff and it's that's been super interesting it's just how all that's shifted and now it's like that's the norm now and so really we've actually written like we've just gotten really into a really good groove and i think some of it's just like with different focus and the way the pandemic just disrupted everything but we've actually written like more songs in the past year than we have the entire time as a band yeah i i think to kind of explain it a little bit we will someone will bring a song to the table yeah break like, it down for me a little yeah, bit. yeah so like it feels natural you'd go on the more technical side 
<laughs> he says that I'm just more technical brained. I've kind of helped pioneer a lot. No, of it's like a great strength. Our system. <laughs> Thank you. And it's a like some of our touring friends, you know, that we've yeah, too. totally. Uh, I'm a, so like, I'm a producer engineer minded person. And so, um, with the nature of it being this kind of remote band, I was like, okay, how do we solve this? How do we make this the best thing it can be? Um, and keep moving forward. And I think that's where like me joining the band is just an interesting thing. Cause like they've played together for a couple of years now together. We had and, a way of doing things too. Yeah. Like, no, they, we write songs this way. And they yeah. totally do. And <laughs> even in the band they were in, they had a separate front man and that oh, yeah. Tanner was just playing lead guitar. Cause Tanner rips on guitar. Like a lot of our guitar lines and things that you hear is just as much Tanner and me carrying it. And we both have these different voices in it. And yeah, we always joke that Tanner's just the best musician and can play everything and do everything better than all of us. Yeah, but he's also true. the kindest person and the most like collaborative person. But we also would joke that he has the best music ideas in the room, but would never push it. Yeah. So it's like, he's the sweetest person. Absolutely. And so it makes it really easy to be in a band with him and be like, dude, you should be the front man and you should do these <laughs> things. He's like, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. But it's true. yeah, which you don't, I don't think is always the way it is. Yeah, but. I don't. Yeah, if we can be here and speaking on his behalf and he's 100% supportive of it, like, is great. Um, but to kind of explain a little bit of that process is like, okay, so we're trying to bring these things to the table and figure out how to do this. So remotely. any one of you could bring a, a, a song to the table. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like you'd literally put lyrics down yep. and, and do some. Yeah, I have a pretty bad habit of just sending voice memos. <laughs> yeah. And, I think and it's it, just like me and an acoustic guitar. And then yeah. I like, I try to like, make it a full band arrangement. I'm like, oh, uh, this actually doesn't work uh, as well as it does with just me and my acoustic guitar, you know? Right, and I think that's this whole thing we've experienced in the creative processes. And I think a lot of artists are experiencing this now with the pandemic, is that they're like, how do I do this process that they're used to? Like, let's all get in the studio, get in the same room, either- Get in the practice space. Play it all out jam. together. Yeah. I got or, this riff idea, maybe we can work on it. Let's play with it a little bit, or being in a studio space for weeks at a time and creatively working through things where we've always been like, well, we all work full-time jobs. We all do these things. We were in school or we've always been balancing it at the same time. And then people being like, well, I have this thing in life taking me away, but we don't want to stop doing this. So how do we do this remotely? And so I think because of that, it started to push the creative process and being like, well, how do I communicate an idea by saying like, here's a lick and then that's it. Like, here's a guitar part. Now can you, you finish this sick it riff. or like, can you write yeah. on it? And it gets really difficult. And so I, I was really pushing people to be like, hey, we are all talented enough to put a full idea out there and let's revise it from there. And so I think that's what pushed most of us to, we all enjoy songwriting to be like, let's grow as songwriters. And then when you bring something to the table, bring it when you could play it and then we'll make it better or go from there. And I think that's really, you know, pushed us all to grow in different ways. So gotta, that's where it's like. Got to dial your ego back just a little bit when you put it out there to, for everybody. Yeah. Um, if anything, I feel like it's actually healthier okay. in the sense of like, I think a lot of times like my initial habits were just like, yeah, I kind of got this little riff idea and then, but there's nothing more than that. So it gets taken a direction where I'm like, mm, that wasn't really what I was thinking. But if I can push it a little bit farther of like, hey, I think this is like 85, 90% of what I'm thinking. I think it just helps everybody mm -hmm. more. Or right. if they can be like, mm -hmm. no, let's do this instead. I think that's totally fine. Because the second you it's introduce more complete anyone, vision. Right. Because the second you introduce anyone into a song that you're writing or into anything you're making, they're inspired and they have things that they bring to it that they're going to want to keep running with it in a different direction, maybe than what you want to go. And I think what you're saying, like dial our egos back is like, we're all pretty good about being like, if that's what serves the song best. Yeah. And that's like, good. we all want that to exist in the best way that it can be. And I think almost to a detriment Yeah, where we've been pushing like, yo, bring more to the table, bring more to the song or bring more to the conversation that's going on. If you're bringing the song, you know, why don't you push it farther oh, before no, you start bit. inviting yeah. help or other ideas? Cause we've seen a lot of good stuff, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing we're figuring out, but yeah, technically through the internet, being like, we'll try to record it ourselves, like, you know, a demo or what your idea is, then send it out to everyone, kind of talk about it. And then each person that has their parts will kind of say, cool, this is what I hear you did this. I'm thinking something like this and we send it back. But that's been years of learning the technical side of it where I'm confident that everyone in the band could record themselves at a pretty good level. Um, and it's just a really demanding thing to be able to do. But I think that's where we're moving hmm. is that people can record a pretty decent track on them, their own and send it in, which the 
the body of work we're working on right now, we're doing it remotely still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're Hunter's tracking himself in Chicago, and then we're doing the rest of it we can here. It's cool. It's cool. I a book I always recommend to anybody that's creative yeah. um, it was one called Creativity Inc. Mm-hmm. by Ed Catmull, mm-hmm. founder of Pixar. Yeah, and it's just you know he exposes the creative the team process of creativity that they go through to come up with you know these movies yeah. that they've done and it's just yeah. brilliant and i i had a deal at, at the church called a creative team matt was on it mm-hmm. i would bring just an outline to the table and then i'd have maybe six eight people around the room and we'd we'd start just having like crazy ADD brainstorm sessions around it. it trying to come up with a movie clip or pop culture reference or a music this or that to kind of take the uh, a text from the Bible and then mash it up in all kinds of ways yeah, like, and I, I, I still miss and there's some things I don't miss about being a pastor I think sure. we're going to do a series on For things sure. I don't miss but <laughs> right. but that, that creative process to me was so much fun and mm-hmm. I love the collaboration that comes with other minds with things that people bring to the table ideas concepts music everything you know lyrics i don't know that's too that's fun stuff to me absolutely outside of the band and and there's a spiritual dynamic to it i think well and that's kind of what i was like thinking too i feel like even learning um you know and like my own seasons of creativity i'm like learning like like the creativity within me i'm like oh this is actually like very relational like and it takes for me it takes a lot of work like i can go really hard and just like here's like four song ideas. And then I'll be like, I have the biggest writer's block ever for like the past couple of weeks. And I'm like, okay, I need to be a little bit more gentle with myself. I'm like, how can I work through this? And it's like, it's not so much a chore. It's not so much blue collar. It's more nurturing. Uh, it's more gentle. It's more just like showing up, you know, guitar in your hands. Like it's, it's fine if you're not the most prolific or profound today. You know, <laughs> It's not about the product. Yeah. Always like, just like yeah. what's the process that's cool. good for you well, that's great you guys have that kind of team dynamic going on we kind of also have like a creativity book club i feel like we've all big Seriously? like austin cleon fans oh yeah um see we're I, just all good friends and like yeah. it's multiple facets for us boxes of that book and gave it away uh, steal like an artist yeah so good and then that's a good and then i had it away. in my bookstore yeah yeah i, just I hear that, that and I'm, I'm the same way when you said creative ink it's like yeah i love that book I'm also like any creative book that like is self-helpy, but in a way that I know people are like, oh, I feel stuck or this. I'm like, cool. I buy them a book online and I give it to them because yeah, it's like there's so much. And I think just like I call it creative blue balls that people get into yeah. where it's like I have something I need to express or put out there, but like I just can't do it and we get stuck and it feels terrible. And I think. Um, a lot of it can be a lot of different reasons, like just being down on yourself, being anxious about it, or being stuck on being hypercritical about grief. it. Grief, yeah. Yeah, grief. There's so many mm-hmm. things that can block that creative flow. I understand that. It's that. Like, yeah. yeah, where there's a lot of healing in that expression, mm-hmm. or just being able to, like for me, when I write songs, I'm processing things that I never knew I had going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll write it out, I'll write the song, and then in playing it, recording it, listening back, I'm like, that's what I was feeling or like, that's what I was experiencing that I didn't know about. Um, and so like for me, another thing that I do outside of the band is help produce local artists and artists in general that are going through that, that are like, I'm a singer songwriter. I'm a songwriter. I've never done this before. And I'm like, cool, let's work on your songs and record them and put them out there because there's mm. something that I notice in artists that are putting out something for the first time that there's just huge transformation for them mm. where like, to be able to put out songs that you've had for a long time or that you have been working on that you're trying to express something and it's just stuck for whatever reason once you can get it out there i see people Boy. like have huge movements and it's i think that's incredible yeah yeah uh, matt and whitney were just challenging me to get some of my uh my uh grief out there again and i've been trying to do that so that's really challenging for me it was my generation you know we we hit it yeah grief, you know? grief yeah. is sticky and man. it's it's challenging it's how do we it, share it it's also healthily. too you you and, and i talked to i i did an interview a few weeks ago with calvin arsenia mm-hmm. and he talked about he talks a lot about putting stuff out there and the risk of rejection or yes. acceptance mm-hmm. and that you know that whole dynamic 
with your with something that you've birthed is right is uh is an interesting thing he seems to thrive on that like let's see what happens yeah, like, yeah like, he's know. a great artist yeah. <laughs> and then people feeling confident and, in themselves though right because that's yeah how much do we put like our own identity in the, right. in the things that we're making yeah and being like you being critical of a, a work because we internet yeah. people do that now where yeah. it's like this sucks because this or whatever it's yeah. like, but that's my expression of myself we're very direct uh in our lyrics too like we don't abstract a ton you know we, we try not to yeah yeah it's good yeah so let's talk about a couple of lyrics sure. um the and I'm, I'm curious about the mental health side too you guys um touch on that theme i think that journey is a spiritual journey uh, and I, it makes me kind of always wonder like I mean, the kind, and you don't have to share, but some of the stuff that you, some of the pain you might have gone through to, to land on some of the songs that you're writing. Uh, and, and your second EP is the overview effect, which, which I love that title for that EP. Yeah. Who, did you come up with that? That's, that's I, wish I did not come up with it, but I did <laughs> discover it. And yeah. when I discovered it, I was just like, man, the, this is so you're talking great. talking about the astronaut yeah. thing. Looking yeah. At, yeah. Yeah. So if, if you're unfamiliar, it's basically, it's like a lot of, uh, I think it's in pale blue dot, like Carl Sagan and a lot of those other, like, but it's like, just the more you zoom out, I mean, it's just like, we're, we're humans and it's just like, we have each other. And I, I think what I try to remind myself each day too, is like, we're all so much more, um, fragile than you yes. can ever imagine, oh, you know? Sorry. And, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's not much more. To, like, I feel like there's just a period at the end of that sentence, you know, I, I, that's a great image. I love that as a metaphor for those who don't know, like most, a lot of astronauts, when they, when they look back at the planet earth from outer space, some kind of an internal shift goes on in their view of the earth. Mm-hmm. And part of it is how they, they, they feel like, oh, wow, this thing's a lot more fragile than I ever realized. Well, and think about it. It's like the International Space Station, too. Yeah, you know, it's not just like and white Americans up there. Exactly. Yeah. And and then they come away usually much more devoted to, you know. Service. Stewardship sure. of the Earth. Yeah. Taking yeah. care of the planet. Stewardship All those work. kind of things. And I think for us it was like <clears throat> calling it the overview effect was this idea of perspective and being like in that season of life we were all very much experiencing like why does it feel like no one's trying to view anyone else's perspectives right now Mm. um and like realizing we don't i don't feel like we time stamp our music too much with like current events which i love that in a lot of music when they're just like this is what's going on Mm -hmm. this is the context and i'm writing about it Mm -hmm. but for us it was being like we're four cisgendered white guys trying to relate (laughs) to like a very complex world that we're like man we don't have. We're any, very aware. We have nothing to say that needs to be heard. Stamp right now. that. Yeah, four absolutely. Straight and, yeah. and white like, dudes. Yeah, yeah. We want to support all these things, but it's like we have nothing to bring to the conversation. Yeah. But like, there's an experience and expression that we can have. But be like, it's not to draw attention to that. And I, so. but I think even with that, the one thing I just like being in a band is for like a lot of ways. We're like I'm in like a four way relationship you know and um yes the thing that i'm just proud to be in a band with these guys with though and i it's like we may not be the coolest they're like biggest band but uh we always make space like you have a seat at the table you know totally. um and uh we'll remember your name or we'll, we'll at least do our damnedest just remember your name like it's just like we want you to know like whatever like you're valued you matter we see you yeah. come hang yeah, we've made friends through that. Yeah, They're like, right. like most of my friends in Kansas City are like, we're, bands they were stuff. fans of us, or like, we love your music. Like, yeah. cool, want to hang out? Like, yeah, we're going to the show. You like, let's hang out beforehand. Like, we're everyone's just a person here, and we'd love yeah. to know you. So, and I, you know, I, that, I think that's beautiful. I think, um, people, the the indie bands in any city around the country in Kansas City, they, you do it because you love it, right? Yeah, it's in your heart. And even if, I mean, sometimes the reward is just what you just described. Yeah, there's not money in it. You meet a new friend. (laughs) I mean, but there's still there's still something about that creativity, the camaraderie, right? The fact that you're putting something out there that touches one life or one person, and it unlocks something in them. So you're processing something 
then you know I hear a lyric and I oh that's me yeah and then I yeah, listen same. to that lyric over and over and over again yeah. and I was like oh gosh I think that nailed it you know yeah. I think affect theory is so interesting of just like the way that creative things bring out different things for people like how does a piece of work cause me to feel or react to that mm -hmm. and it's never the same or linear or maybe what the person intended creating it intended to happen right and i think there's a lot of beauty in that it is and it it's so interesting too like even when i would used to do a message like you know a bible message mm -hmm. you know yep. and somebody would tell me what they got out of it and i'm like yeah like that's not really? in the script that's <laughs> like, not that wasn't huh. my takeaway yeah that wasn't even in my mind you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I'm either a really bad communicator or, you know, something else is going on. And I think it's something else going on. You know, it's like, yeah, the, totally. you know, the spirit, uh -huh, something you know, like that. Getting what something. you need out of it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, can't explain it. It's, it's art. It's art. And yeah. So in the overview effect, the song Long Fin. Yeah. That is, I think that's an interesting one. It's Go ahead. So ask your question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, we that one hear what you hear about it. They're like, <laughs> where, what you think. Yeah. We uh, have like well, all these because that is an interesting story. So it yeah. caught my attention, and I and I was thinking about well, the the theme of silence goes through that song, mm -hmm. and then coupled up with you know people's flaws, um, and so so silence to me is an interesting discipline. It's Medi hard meditation. Uh, yeah, I've been trying to do. I'm in a mindfulness meditation group, mm -hmm. and. I, I'm terrible at it, but yeah, I'm trying. Same. I'm really learning. I think you know? that's kind of the point. <laughs> it's so hard for us as like Americans and where we're at now. It's like. So I no, but I didn't. I, I was I liked the theme of silence and I liked how you're you're connecting it to, to, to our flaws that we yeah. have. And then how sometimes not speaking, but letting it sit and reflect sometimes can maybe be the better thing for healing i don't know if yeah. that's where you were going with it i just you want to talk about the just, music and i can talk about yeah, the words. yeah it just yeah. made me think about that kind of stuff is what was going on in my head so for sure so the story behind that song is really interesting because uh when i was saying earlier that we wanted people to bring more to the table with songs and be like this is what's going to happen or like creatively uh it was the end of this record we were about to go into the studio to start recording and we had four songs i was in kansas city and everyone else was in different places and i was like we need another song and so i went in with a laptop and a like an interface plugged my guitar into it and i like wrote all the different music parts and did the entire song musically so like drums bass guitar everything like mapped it all out as a song and then said here you guys go tanner and jeremy were together and i was like i can't push this any farther like here's a, a canvas write lyrics and a melody to it because we are going into the studio in like four days. Can you do this? And so I did this whole thing. It was just like, this is the kind of mood I was feeling. These are like, it was purely just a musical expression. And I don't think and you then, told, you didn't tell I didn't say anything, anything about direction. Yeah. I didn't say anything about it. I trusted you guys. Yeah. And again, to really lean into that relationship we have and be like, I know that you guys are going to say something that I'm probably too experiencing because I just don't have words for it. So yeah. here you go. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, we we released that um, shoot. Yeah, that was like what March twenty eighteen. Yeah, but we recorded it. Frame. Yeah, like summer of twenty seventeen. Um, I was just going through like a really um, painful patch at that time, and actually, um, um, that whole song is actually a reflection on the Book of Lamentations uh, in the Bible, and um, there's like even a line in it that's like your pain is as deep as the sea or something. And it's like unique and it's really just, it's questioning God. It's yelling at God from this narrator, you know? And it's just, it's like letting this silence and like letting it just, you know, it's like, what does it mean like when somebody's like hurting to just sit in that with them and mm. not try to fix it mm. and just hold it, you know? And knowing like each of us, I think genuinely we're experiencing different levels of pain from other events in our life. I mean, like, this rings true. This is something we want to say. We are experiencing people having these moments and being like, I don't I don't have anything for you, but I, I desperately want to be with you in what you're going yeah, through. Yeah, it's like, for me personally at the time, it was just a failed relationship, you know, a lot of heartache. But I think the 
hopefully the beauty that you can extrapolate it like i don't think it necessarily matters that it's about like a book in the bible yeah you know but i because i think that's so universal of just Mm. pain suffering grief Mm. you know and you can just hopefully apply that to people always want to give advice yeah yeah and being like a fixer we're we're all i Mm. would say like everyone in the band is intelligent in different ways and we all want to speak but i think this is a discipline for us to be like yo yeah. It's going to be good for us to not say anything. Yeah. I've had some friends that have been able to be silent with me in, in my in my pain this last couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's meant the world to me. Yeah. Definitely. Well, your newest project is Growing Pains. All right. So we'll continue the pain theme here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it came it just came out just a few months yeah, back ago. back in uh, November. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Weird. Yeah. Time yes. feels <laughs> no like it feels like November feels like a long time ago, but um, great, uh, great songs on that. I the the balance I thought was intriguing. Um, I just want to plug Riley for the second here because Riley actually recorded uh, that entire EP. Really? Yeah, uh, and mixed it, recorded it, uh, produced it. So awesome. Good job. Thanks. I Let really me affirm like you. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. We, good stuff. We've moved into having me do more of that, which has been really, really interesting for our creative process. Yeah. Good stuff. So the balance. Yeah. Talk to me about that one. So that's a Tanner song. Okay. Um, it's coming from Tanner and it's interesting. I think it was written during a time where I, I was living in Manhattan with Tanner um, and so we were getting and I was not. We've done a lot of like swapping around from Kansas City to Manhattan. Yeah, but it's fun um, because we get together and just talk about life and process it and try to get through it. And um, again, like I said, Tanner's just such a sweet person and someone who is moved by injustices and moved by things that he sees going on in the world um, and moved by just so many things. So he works in... um, Like a community mental health services. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he he works with kids. Um, and so some of the songs are about experiences he's had with that and things he's trying to process. And I think this is for him and I won't speak too much on it, but just this balance between so many different things in his life that feel to be intention that he is just like, I, I'm just trying to love and care for people and people are, you know, fighting about it and knowing like his life with different things. There's like intention because, mm. you know, someone you love thinks one thing and, you know, your family thinks something else or really trying to find what does it look like Mm -hmm. to have this balance in between um and knowing like for me when i was hearing his processing of that and knowing that we all have different versions of that it really resonates to me to be like yeah i think for a long time i used to feel like i had to find a balance between the things i was in conflict with that didn't really go with what i believed or was taught to believe at some point and that i had to reconcile it somehow Mm -hmm. um it's like balance means compromise right right you know but sometimes that's not what you yeah need you, to do. you can't compromise some things and you know how can or you, you shouldn't f- compromise right and how can you really find that and is that something we should be looking for mm-hmm. and i think that's all those things wrapped together mm. um but yeah it to me it really hits coming from tanner like there's something there yeah it it struck i did a series one time called living in creative tension yeah and um and really what I was trying to, some people would call it paradox. Some people would call it yin yang. Some people would call it, um, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, some many people call it non-dual, non-dualistic thinking. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I, I've, 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 that, that's what it kind of brought up for me was the paradoxes in life. And of course the, the faith and doubt, this, yeah. this and the, all of those. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, because I feel like I really leaned into the word tension a lot mm-hmm. from when I was younger, even be like, nah, balance isn't a thing. It's just like t- tautness, mm-hmm. tension, like two forces. Yeah. I I mean, I think of it sometimes like a guitar string. Yeah. yeah. It's in tune to, it you know. It sings best with those tensions. Yeah. Like you got the yeah. nut and the bridge mm. pulling. Um, everything is a distraction. The father and cancer thing in that. Yeah, so that's pretty um, that's autobiographical. Yeah. yeah. I was curious. Yeah. yeah, it's actually been like a weird sort of um, maternal and paternal. Um, like the song Chain Breaker is 
also from my point of view from mm-hmm. the overview effect and then this is just kind of part two so um that would have been 2019 uh yeah my dad was diagnosed with cancer um we're good now what you kind know? uh prostate cancer okay so um but really out of nowhere you know like i remember them calling me and i was like wait this isn't supposed to happen this happens to other people you know this happens to other people's dad you know not my dad and um yeah just confusing uh really confusing times of of just trying to and honestly like um i remember actually like that song i was just like i was sitting at the table like in my apartment and it's actually a sunday morning and um that song just kind of fell out of me like i think i even told you guys i said i remember that yep and um i cried like after like i i like finished like i was like i think this is it you know or whatever and i just like started crying like it was just like that release you Mm. know of like most of the songs like that i write to are just total um actually i i write to process you know as part of my creative practice um which i think is very much related to spiritual practices like i write every morning um so and cool. you know just as, as as part of that like writing and everything just to to, to process like all the junk when you say you write every morning are you are you talking about like journaling as yeah, like yeah. sort of like free flow emotion yeah, type stuff? Yeah, so um, that's what I, that's what I do is yeah. free flow journaling. You know, I think about it every like, morning. Let it go. I got to get yeah. the wiggles out. You know, yeah. And there's just a lot of junk. So you're not r- necessarily writing lyrics. Both. You're just, you know, kind of just just whatever kinda, comes out. Okay. Non-judgmental writing. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> which is the hard part of not judging it, right? You know, yeah. and I'm just like, well, this wasn't profound enough. You know, um, or I'm like, this wasn't prolific enough. Like. I feel like I'm tapped, but I didn't fill the whole page, you know? Uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of times maybe something comes out and I'm like, okay, this is a highlight. I'm like, this is interesting. Let's go expand on this, you know, and mm-hmm. then try to maybe take the kind of prose freeform thought into poetry. Um, but yeah, I mean, that song is, um, yeah, completely autobiographical. So. Yeah. Um, and then I, I want to, there's so many I can talk about, sure. but I, I can't find, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty pointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and and by the way, it reminded me of a of a scripture verse. Okay, Love I don't. It's it, so it's just interesting how yeah. different yeah. things Light pop for sure. But so obviously, you're in a church service. Mm-hmm. Everything's, you know, the the band's kicking up. It's cool. There's, it's supposed cool, to be. Yeah, there's cool people in the it's band. Nifty. It's nifty. It's flashy. It's, fla- you know. it's boots and yeah. guitars. There's, there's cool a, boots. There's smoke machines. There's Somebody's wearing a cool lights. hat. Anyway. So, lots, you, of, lots of cool hats. You've probably been there before. <laughs> you know? Lots of cool hats. Maybe. Maybe. Wow. Like almost every yeah. week of my life. I've so, anyway. been on that stage before. Yeah. But, I've been on uh, that stage before. <laughs> yes, you have. Yeah. But then you, you can't find God there. Yeah. So... So instantly, so Amos five, you know, there's Hebrew prophet. It's very prophetic influenced. Yeah. Amos. And he says almost the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, it's like, it's like God's sick of their worship. And he's, and and it's like, Amos is like God saying, take away from me the noise of your instruments, you know, and all these things and the songs and it's like, and then that's that classic line that my African-American pastor friends like to quote so often, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. And that's, that's a clear, you know, so that word justice in the Hebrew is mishpat, which is, which is I just, Riley just took which, Greek and knows all this stuff. I'm just okay. So I'm, which, my, my like social which, justice is my yeah, degree. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so it, like for totally. the Hebrew, um, that social justice is what that's all about. Oh, justice appears more times in the Bible than yeah. like most words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, that's what that, I, I listened to that. I thought, oh, this is Amos, you know. But anyway, I, I'm not saying you intended that. No, but it I, just uh, it just reminded me of that. You for know? sure. And I think in general, like. I find influence in that, but this is again, a Tanner song and like we've talked about it and there's a couple of moments of just like, what is it like being in these settings and like reconciling within yourself, these types of things. And then in like part of my spiritual belief is like, I believe some of that trying to reconcile that is somewhat prophetic of like, this is what whatever entity is trying to call attention to or call out of. And I'm just like, yeah, man, when you 
being able to say that confidently or comfortably or just in general, I think is a big revelation for a lot of people because I think in some of those settings that we both, Tanner and I in that conversation grew up in, was saying like, yeah, these are the moments supposed to feel these things. Like this kind of setting is supposed to stoke in you these things. And if it's not happening to you in certain circles, something's wrong with you. Yep, it's, it's you. Yeah, um, and I think for us, and I think for Tanner, is a, again, he's so sweet and a non-judgmental person. Or I think he's just like, yeah, I, I can't. And for me, I'm, I would turn that even for me, and be like, it's not. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's where, yeah, that's one of those things that I think, um, it's the most pointed we've ever been about something. Mm. I think it's the most that resonates with a lot of people that I know. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I'm so, I wish I would cuss right now, but just proud of Tanner because that dude tech took the most brave step in writing something for himself that was just like honest and out there. Mm. And there's a very pointed moment that we all remember where he played this song in front of people that were very, very close anxious to, him. to yeah. you know, as you can imagine, mm -hmm. to be able to say this to like his family was in the audience and being mm -hmm. like, this is me where I'm at right now. This isn't something mm -hmm. else. Uh, and you know, going into other conversations because of it, I just, yeah, mm. we just are very supportive about bringing things into the light, whatever that looks yeah. like for people. Yeah. You know, it's, I, um, I, the first blogs I did when I started blogging and podcasting eight months ago, um, I I pulled stuff out of my journal. I got really, mm -hmm. like I call it, brutally honest. Yeah, yeah. You're like, bearing yourself. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, in, in my tenure as a pastor, I would have, you know, I would have quote led thousands of people, literally, to Jesus. I mean, not that's not even an exaggeration sure. probably been tens of thousands on multiple continents and um and then here i was feeling like i was an atheist mm -hmm. like coming out of all this stuff and so i've i wrote about that and uh put it out there and i just wasn't sure where it would go so i can I would applaud his courage as well because I know yeah. how much. Yeah, well, I don't know, I don't know thank it, you for your honesty too. You know, yeah. I knew how much it, it was for me, and it, and I, you know, for me it was an emotional thing, um, and uh, it was how I felt. And then the places that I went were like the Psalms of Lament, you know, Lamentations, right? Job, those. When I when I finally, I couldn't read the Bible for a long time. But when I finally did start reading it again, that's where I went. So, uh, at any rate, yeah, good stuff. Well, yeah. I appreciate you guys doing this. We, we, I would like to end our time with uh, you guys. Maybe can get put a song out there, like we can. Sure. We can. Yeah. I want people positive. to be able to hear yeah. your music on the podcast. Yeah. So, what's yeah. one that resonated with you that you're like? Oh. I don't know which one I would go for. Yeah. I was going to let you pick. Oh, we just, there's so many and it's, it's all different. And I feel like, I don't know. It's always interesting to know what people enjoy. Yeah. I let's, I would say since the, everything is a distraction is so personal. Let's sure. do that one. I like yeah. the mix I did on that one. Yeah, so that I also like good. that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Let's do it. So we will put that on the end of the podcast and kind of close this time out with that. Cool. Thank you so much for uh, being here and yeah, sharing Fred, your story. Thanks for having us, man. And uh, everybody, let's let's talk about how people can find Faint Heart on where where do they go? Your website is. We made it real easy. Um, we are, every everything is we are Faint Heart. We are Faint Heart. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So all the social media platforms, all, yeah. the website. Yeah, is, yeah. We were able to claim all of it. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, marketing brain. Brains in general, we're just like, how do we, you know, what's the SEO on this? How do we get it out there? Make it easy. Yeah, we so. are faint hearts the way to do it. All right. And uh, and I noticed on your website, you encourage people to uh, recommend your music to a few of the radio stations out there. Yeah. Why don't, we, why don't we mention those real quick, or at least the ones you can recall? I mean, like if they call in and request a faint heart song, that really helps your music get out there. Uh, Probably Radio, radio U. U. Yeah. Uh, those are our friends in uh, Ohio, Columbus. Okay. All right. I know things have changed a little bit with uh, 
you know, the buzz and homegrown buzz and whatnot. So yeah, we miss that. There's but a, you but can get Ope Radio. I was like, I was like, we're gonna <laughs> But that's the one. I talk about yeah. Ope Radio more than any podcast and more than any other local thing in Kansas City because I'm just like yeah. Ben Went is the dude. And He's doing a great awesome. job with that. Well, and too. it's super smart. Like it's it's one thing to just like check out this local band, but if you can have context <sighs> mm-hmm. and someone mm-hmm. like Ben who gives you great context, right. it is and you're you get a listen to you know, 15, 20 minutes yeah. of mute. He does long plays on it too, which yeah. I kind of liked as well. So, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks everybody for joining us at Spirituality Adventures. We'll see you next time. Remember to visit our support page at www.spiritualityadventures.com. If you like what you heard, be sure to share it and leave a comment. Thanks again. Have a great day. Hi, Media Production.